welcome to the Alumni Lounge with the Montreal Canadiens. I'm Chantal Desjardins, joined by my good friend and former Habs defenseman superstar, Patrice Brisebois. Hi, Patrice. Hello, Chantal. Superstar, I like that. Yeah, you can use that. <laughs> I like to use jazz hands sometimes, but it's up to you. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm very excited for today's podcast. Uh, we have a great lineup. I'll tell you about it in just a moment. But first, the Alumni Lounge brought to you by Scotia Advice Plus. A simple conversation today can help you reach your goals tomorrow only from Scotiabank. So huge show today. In just a moment, we'll chat with former Habs captain Brian Gianta, uh, see what retirement's life is like for him these days, and it's an extra special treat. We will also welcome owner and president of the Montreal Canadiens, Jeff Molson. Woo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> but first, people want more Patrice, so we're going to give them more Patrice. Who was your favorite coach to play for and why? I have, you know what, Chantal, I have to be honest, I have great, great, great coaches. Um, you know what, minor hockey, major junior, uh, NHL. But if I have to pick one, I really like Ali Vigneault. Ali Vigneault uh, was, was tough. It was hard to play for, but it was, it was fair. I like a coach when he's fair, respectful, and uh, Alain was was that kind of guy. And uh, but you know what? Everybody loves Jacques Demers. I love Jacques Demers. It, I can't say Jacques Demers too. I won the Stanley Cup with with Jacques Demers. And uh, but Jacques Demers was almost like a dad for me because you know I was so young and so uh, you know I was just starting, and you know he gave me advice like a dad give to their son. So. Uh, and uh, I really, really appreciate everything uh, Jacques Demers did for me. But if I have to pick one, it will be Alain Vigneault. Now, let's give us some insight. What kind of advice did he give you? Or what was the best piece of advice Jacques Demers? You know, I, I have a little story. Uh, you know, when I, uh, I, we won the Stanley Cup in 93, I, I, I bought my first, first Porsche. I was 22 years old. Like Ooh. everybody knows, I always love cars. And uh, I took my first uh, racing course at Jim Russell uh, here in Mont-Tremblant. And, uh, you know, now I know how to drive a car. And uh, so, you know, one night I'm, I speed a little bit and I get cut. And uh, the, next, the next day, uh, Jacques Demers called me. He says, uh, son, uh, I want to see you at the forum. We need to talk. And I'm like, what's wrong? What the, uh... So, you know, I show up at the forum and he says, oh, uh, it's okay. Uh, you 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 buy your first uh, Porsche. Um, you know what? You deserve it. Uh, but you know what? Speeding ticket. <laughs> and and I'm like, oh, he knows that. You know, like, uh, uh, and he says, you know what? You have to be careful. We need you. We don't. I don't want you. You know, to have an accident. And uh, uh, and that's why Jacques Demers. He was so so close to his player. And and when Jacques was talking, it's like. Okay, he's right. You know, is uh, the way he was talking to his player, and I feel like it was like like a dad for me. And uh, always, always appreciate everything he did for me. And uh, and it was it was a good coach, but a, a very good human being. Oh, that's so sweet. What you didn't say is that he made you take the bus to practice for the rest of the year. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky for that. Yes. <laughs> Um, who were some of the best leaders you ever played with in both eras, both when you were young and then when you came back in 2007 and you were less young? 
Yeah. Like I said, you know, 18 years in the NHL, I play with so many great players and great leaders. Uh, you know, my, my first captain, Carbo, Carbo was, Carbo was not that kind of guy who was talking a lot, but you know what? The way he was showing up every night to play, you know, he gave everything on the ice. And you know what? You, you look at him and you say, I have to do, I have to do the same thing. You know, Kirk Mullers, I was saying same way. And, and Mike Keane and, um, you know, Denis Savard was an awesome player too. And, uh, and after that, um, I, really, I really appreciate to play with Joe Sackick with, uh, with the Avalanche. Joe was an awesome captain, Rob Blake, you know, all those guys. And uh, like I said, it's hard, it's hard Chantel, to, to say um, who was the, you know, the best leader, the best. Everybody is different. Everybody's, you know, sometimes some guys, they don't like to talk, but I think the most important thing, when you show up on the ice, you know, all your teammates on the bench, they know you give everything for the team. Any advice for some of the, any young Francophone players to kind of thrive under the pressure of playing in Montreal? We all know it's not easy to play Montreal. You know what, the, the media, the fans, but always say, Chantal, it's the best place to play hockey. And, and you know what, if, if you work hard, if you deliver, if you know what, you're doing what you have to do and you perform, you don't have problem. Mm -hmm. You know, the fans, they're going to say, wow, I love what you're doing. And you know what, keep it up. And the, and the media, they're going to say nice things about you. The only thing is, it's, that's the other way when, you know what, you're not performing or the team's not playing well or stuff like that. Yes, it's maybe tougher, but it's still the best place to play hockey. It's the passion of the fans. It's, that's why that gives you energy. You know what? Playing, I'm sure, Chantal, if you ask every player in the NHL, where is the best place to play hockey? They're going to say Montreal. Now we're learning some fun things about you. We know you hate bad drivers. We know uh, you're on TikTok. You didn't have a dog as a kid. One last fun thing about Patrice Brisebois that the fans don't know. Fun things, you know what? You know, now you know me, Chantal. I'm, um, I'm you know, easy guy. And, and I, I can't say like, oh, I like to do this. I like to do that. I like, but you know what? Just be yourself. And I always say, you know what, Chantal, one life to live, have fun. Because you never know what's going to happen. And that's, that's the way I am. And that's, I think, people should, you know, think that way. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think that's great. One life to live, because you do. You never know what's going to happen. Introducing Advice Plus. A new way to create a plan together that keeps you heading in the right direction. We start by getting to know you better. Then we'll work together to build a plan that grows with you, adding personalized products and solutions along the way that can help you reach your goals tomorrow. We get to know you better to guide you better. Today and tomorrow, Advice Plus, only from Scotiabank. We've got former Canadian star defenseman and even more impressive than that, the co-host of the Alumni Lounge, Patrice Brisebois. Hello, Chantal. Hello, everybody. Hello, <laughs> good, good. We've also got former Habs captain Brian Gianta. And last but certainly not least, we have the president and owner of the Montreal Canadiens, Jeff Molson. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. 
Thank Happy you. To be here. Brian, let's start with you. Now, there's a lot of people wondering what you're up to these days. What does retirement look like for you? Uh, retirement's been great. I've uh, enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, I have three kids, uh, 15, 12, and nine. And so it's just about getting uh, out to their sporting events, bringing them to school, and, and just enjoying that time missed uh, when you were a player. Oh, so that means you don't miss the game? Oh, I miss the game 100%. Okay, okay. You miss the paycheck too, right? Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> Do you still follow it much? Yeah, I follow it all the time. With uh, both my boys, the, the 15 and nine-year-old, they love hockey. And so it's on nonstop. So we, we keep in touch with all of our old friends, all of our old teams, and, and see how they're all doing. Now, Jeff, it's been a bit of a trying year for all of us, let alone for someone running one of the most storied franchises in NHL history. How has this experience changed you, both as a person and as a business owner? Uh, that's a good question. I, mean, I think I've been through, uh, you know, ever since March 12th, when uh, everything came to a screeching halt for, uh, for everyone, but also for, for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I think you go through so many different iterations of, of, uh, of, of what you believe and what you see. Um, you know, at first it's, you know what, let's just lay low for a few weeks and this is going to go away. Um, and then all of a sudden you get to the month of May and you're like, oh, you know what, this is going to be a little worse than we thought it was going to be. Let's plan on, uh, on opening up again in September. And then, you know, the middle of the summer comes around, you're thinking, oh boy, I don't think we're opening up in September either. And, and here we are 14 months, uh, 13 months later, um, um, still closed to, uh, to, to our fans. And we want to have our fans in the building really badly, but uh, we can't. So I would say um, as a person, I've learned to be patient. Um, I've learned to maintain a certain level of optimism, um, even though it's, it's difficult. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you, you, the most important thing for us uh, as an organization, because everybody's at home, uh, is to take care of our employees. And, and uh, that's been a big focus for me. Now, the team was in your family for many years. So when you bought the Habs in 2009, did any relatives reach out and offer advice? <laughs> the, uh, actually, you know what? I have to say no. Um, uh, I learned, I, I grew up, as a kid, I grew up uh, uh, watching my father be at the head of, of the Montreal Canadiens. And so I, I learned a lot from him. And so any, any cousin from the outside that uh, wants to try and uh, – Um, uh, give their opinions to me. I think I got it from the expert myself, which was my father. Uh, Brian, you had the chance to learn from some great leaders as well. You joined a locker room in New Jersey. You had players like Scott Stevens, Scott Niedermeyer, Joe Neuendijk, Martin Broder. You're basically surrounded by Hall of Famers as a rookie. What did you learn from being around those guys? Well, I think it, it, it sets your foundation, right? You come in as a young kid and you're surrounded by those older veteran guys and Hall of Famers that have uh, done everything in the game. So for me, uh, just being able to sit back and, and watch them and see how they carry themselves, see what they do to prepare themselves. Uh, I was very fortunate to come into that established team. And, you know, I just wanted to be a fly on the wall, just watching what was happening and just trying to, you know, keep my mouth shut and just go out there and, and grind as much as I could and, and help out whatever way and, and learn whatever I could from them. So it, it, was a, it was a great team to be a part of. Uh, it was a great organization to start my career in and, and kind of grow up under those guys. And then winning the cup so early in your career. I mean, your first full season with the Devils. What was it like achieving such success so early? Well, it's, you never take it for granted, but uh, you come into a team that, that was their third Stanley Cup in, 
in five plus years or whatever it was. And so you want to be back uh, in that, in the finals year in and year out. And uh, you take it for granted how hard it is to get there. And I think the couple of years in Montreal really cemented that uh, the first year there, we were kind of underdogs and we were a Cinderella story, making it to the, the conference finals. And we just kind of ran out of gas and then uh, sandwiched it with my last year where, uh, you know, I, I thought that team really had a, a really good chance to win a cup and, and pricey goes down with an injury, unfortunate. And you just see those types of things that happen and they're out of your control. And uh, it, it's really hard to win in this league. And it's really hard to, to compete for a Stanley cup year in and year out. Uh, Brian, when, when you won the Stanley cup, did you really enjoy it? Because when I won, I was 22 years old. Okay. And I was young and I was, you know, a little bit naive and, and you know what, I, like you said, It's so hard to win a Stanley Cup. But when you're young, it's like, oh, I have so many years. I'm going to win another one. And th that never, never happened. So did you really enjoy it like you're supposed to do? Uh, you enjoy it. But I, I think if you had done it when you're older, uh, maybe you would have been able to slow down and kind of really absorb everything that's around you and what's going on. And, and uh, you know, even the after stuff, uh, be able to enjoy that with your family. That that's one, not regret, but uh, being able to share that with my kids, I think would have been uh, an experience that would have, uh, you know, topped everything is to, to win a Stanley cup, have my kids and family come on the ice, uh, have them be a part of it. That's one thing that I really missed that I wasn't able to do. That first year that you came to the Habs, it was a big year. I was a centennial Jeff. That was the year you bought the team. Uh, speaking of pressure, Jeff, You were just a kid back then. I mean, did you find yourself just like pinching yourself? Like I own the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Breezer, I have to tell you when you won the Stanley cup, I was 22 as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. You won the and, uh, <laughs> and I know the feeling, I know the feeling of, oh. uh, you know, and, and I can't wait for that chance uh, for, to win it again because, because uh, I've had a lot more experience in life. And, and like Brian said, to be able to share it with other people um, who have helped you get there uh, is, uh, is huge. Um, but, uh, uh, no, I think, uh, you know, it was, I was 39 years old when, uh, when I, uh, when I bought the Canadians and within, uh, within a week of, uh, of being approved by the Canadians, Bob Gainey acquired, uh, these five players onto our team and, uh, we had all kinds of cap space and, and, uh, Brian was, was one of the core pieces to it. So I, I, I like, I arrived And all of a sudden we had uh, five new veterans on our team. We had Hal Gill, Spotcheck, Brian Gomez, and uh, there was one other slipping my mind right now. But it was pretty exciting because all these new players, some of them won Stanley Cups, were coming to join the Montreal Canadiens and try, try to help us win. And then, um, you know, Brian and I have been through, uh, went through about five, almost five years together uh, with the ups and downs. But uh, for me at, at 39 to... Uh, to take on that responsibility and, uh, and try and represent the Montreal Canadians in the best way I could. Uh, you know, I, I tried my best, but it was a team effort and uh, having, uh, having a good captain like Brian there to represent us and uh, good staff uh, to, to help Brian as well with his teammates. It's a, it's a full team effort and, uh, and it, it takes away a lot of pressure when you have good people on the team to help, uh, help you get through it. Jeff, like a hockey player. Okay. What you, you're starting, you're, you're young, you have a lot to learn. Do you think right now you have better honor than what you were at 39 years old? You know, I now have uh, 12 years of experience uh, being 
the president of, of the Montreal Canadiens and overseeing a general manager and the ups and downs of a team. So for sure, I've got, I've gathered a lot of experience um, over the years and, uh, and I think I'm probably more equipped now to make decisions and, and, and support Mark Bergevin um, throughout, throughout the process of, of building a good team. Um, so yes, I think I, I think I've learned to be, to be better. But I don't think I've changed as a person one bit. No. Uh, I, I care about uh, my players. I care about taking care of their families. Um, I want to make sure that uh, the Montreal Canadiens, when people arrive or when they leave, they continuously say it's the best organization in the NHL to play for. And all those things have never changed. But, but your ability to build a winning team, uh, you learn as you go. And uh, uh, there's no question I've learned a lot. What advice would you give a younger you? Sign Brian uh, Giante again. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you signing me? <laughs> actually, you know what? Sorry, I had, to, I had to. Sorry. No, but it's, it's actually, you, you, like, I, I didn't know how to answer that question, but you gave me the clue, Brian. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, but I think, uh, you know, as, as, as we've gone through the iterations of the Montreal Canadiens, obviously we had some success with Brian as the captain, and, uh, and then we had some, we had some, some uh, years where we were having less success. And at the, at the beginning of everything, it starts with good leadership. And um, if, if, we, if you have a captain and assistant captains who are able to guide the team, the young players, the, the more aggressive players, the ones that get in a little bit more trouble, whatever it is, uh, if you have good leadership in the dressing room, um, I think it's probably one of the most important things you can have. Um, because you, uh, you, you you guide the team better that way, and I think Breezer, you probably grew up with it under uh, under Bob Ganey a little bit, and yeah. uh, um, and and Kirk Muller and, and Carbo, yeah. and those guys, and and I think uh, when you don't have that leadership, uh, things can break down, and and uh, it makes a difference. Yeah, speaking of leadership, Brian, you played such a big leadership role with this team made captain a year after you came in you guided the team to that surprising postseason run in 2010 got rid of the capitals got rid of the penguins what do you remember about that time uh like jeff touched on it was a it was a team in kind of transition uh a lot of us had come into the organization it was fresh and new and uh you know jacques martin kind of you know let us kind of help out let us be a part of things and and uh i i think for myself personally um we had that leadership group right off the bat. We, uh, he didn't name a captain that first year, but uh, just kind of organically that happened within the room and, and took over and, and that leadership group uh, really excelled. Uh, we're extremely close on and off the ice and that just uh, continued throughout my five years. So I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by a lot of people. And I think that's uh, what makes you better when, when people around you push you uh, it, it makes you better. And, and uh, you learn things uh, every year, no matter what's going on, whether it's an up year, down year, uh, something can be learned from everything and, and those experiences that happen. Brian, talking about, you know, to be named the captain of the Montreal Canadian, I know it's a huge honor. I don't know if the players will vote for you or the organization, but what was your, your first thought? Like, I'm going to be the, the, you know, the captain of the Montreal Canadian. It's, wow. uh, I, don't, I don't know what the podcast is, but it was, oh boy. I mean, I'm in one now. It's <laughs> American kid, English speaking, you know, like it was yeah. all those things. And, and I, I loved my family and, and I loved Montreal. Uh, it was, it was the best five years of my career, uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice. It, uh, to be a part of the culture, to be a part of that city, uh, to be part of the history of the, of the Canadians all that comes into play. And so it really does uh, amplify things for you as a player 
in the sense that you want to uphold all the things that have happened before you, right? Like all the great players that have been there, you want to continue that excellence. And so uh, I was fortunate that I was older. I was uh, a lot more mature, had a family. So a lot of the distractions, things that could come into play uh, weren't necessarily there for me. And so uh, being more mature, I was able to handle some of that pressure that uh, is there for, for that position, that role. It, it's, it is what it is. And it's a fun uh, role to have a part of. And it's a, it's a great place. I mean, the Bell Center, there's no better place walking out it doesn't matter what night it is, uh, that place is rocking. Introducing Advice Plus, a new way to create a plan together that keeps you heading in the right direction. We start by getting to know you better. Then we'll work together to build a plan that grows with you, adding personalized products and solutions along the way that can help you reach your goals tomorrow. We get to know you better to guide you better. Today and tomorrow... Advice Plus, only from Scotiabank. Jeff, what do you think makes Brian such a special player, both on the ice and in the locker room? Well, you know, it's, I, on the ice, uh, obviously, I, I, uh, I didn't, I did, I was never in the dressing room, um, um, but uh, I know what the other players say about it. But off the ice, um, I think the humility—it all starts with humility and um, and uh, being responsible and accountable. But uh, humility is the big word that comes to my mind. And, and uh, I don't think Brian is the type of player that needs to say a lot. Um, and uh, he, uh, he, uh, he delivered by actions um, and uh, being humble about it. So I think that's probably the character. And then obviously uh, the nice thing about that team in, in, 19, in 2009-10 was uh, a lot of them were um, seasoned veterans. So they actually had wives and kids. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so... I was fortunate enough to get to know uh, their wives and kids as well with my wife. And so that, that made a difference as well. It just made us a stronger family and, and, uh, and happier to be there. You went on to score 97 goals and 173 points in 303 games over those five seasons. Did you have a favorite game? Is that, is that t- too tough to pick one? Oh, I, I don't know if there's a favorite game. I, I think uh, there's too many. I mean, there's, there's so many moments there uh, grabbing the torch from, uh, Mr. Belvo, I mean, opening night, my very first game in the Bell Center. Uh, I mean, playoffs. I mean, there, there's no better place to, to be in playoffs than the Bell Center. Uh, we win a series and, and the fans are out in the city just enjoying every moment of it. Like they're, they're part of like uh, the extended family. Like, like Jeff said, it's, it's a big family atmosphere and it carries over to the fan base as well. Patrice, what about you? Did you have a favorite game? No, it's it's hard. To, like like Brian said, it's hard to just pick one game. If I have to pick one, the last game when we won the Stanley Cup in '93. No, for me, it's that game is it's it's magical. That was a good game. It's, that was a great. Game. That was a good game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was a good game. <laughs> it's, but it's it's so hard because it's so many things happen in the season on a on your whole career. So you know when and. A game when I came back to Montreal, you know that was really yeah. emotional, very emotional yeah. for me because I didn't know that the fans they they're gonna boo me, they're gonna applause, they're gonna. I didn't know, but I sang because I want to be back because I want to play with the Montreal Canadiens. That was always my dream. That was always my team, and that's why I, I signed back with Montreal. And that night I was like, wow, it was you know that you have to be there. You have to. 
you know, when you're on the ice and you see that 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 crowd cheering for you, it's 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 special, guys. It's so uh, that's why it's the best place to play hockey. Simple as that. Yeah, I think uh, the Montreal fans they understand they understand what they're cheering about deeply. And uh, yeah, and uh, when you have a moment like that, it's because they know what happened to you ten years before, five years before. They followed you throughout your career, and that was the moment when they were gonna when they were gonna support you with a great cheer. And it must have been amazing. Yeah. 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 Now Montreal's uh, such a great place to be, Brian. What what were some of your favorite memories off the ice? Uh, it was it was that it was uh, your Hell Gills, your spot checks, your Mowens. Uh, that was the guys Mowen. I can't yeah. believe I forgot yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was that. It was uh, you know it, it's it's those little moments, right? Like going out to eat with the family, with the kids, uh, going into Westmount and being run out of a park with the fans just kind of taking over and and looking for pictures and autographs. It's, it's, uh, those quiet moments, right? Like after hell Gill's thousandth game, uh, having a beer and, and, uh, just enjoying the moment with each other. I, I think it was just such a family atmosphere. I love New Jersey. Uh, it, it shaped me as a young guy, but when we moved to Montreal, uh, we we're all in it together. We all came at the same time. We were all in something new and it drove us even closer. And I think that was the closest, I've been with teammates is, is my years in Montreal. And I'm, I'm not just saying it because I'm on the show. It's or something like that. It, it legitimately, it, it, you can talk to anyone in my family, my wife. Uh, those are the moments that you remember and identify with, even though I won a Stanley cup in New Jersey, I identify as a hab more than I do any of the four teams I played for. Wow. Jeff, what about you? I'm sure there's been a lot of highlights, but do you have any favorite memories from the 12 years you've owned the team? Uh, you know what? I, I actually feel the same way as these uh, these other two guys. I, I there have been there have been lots of, of moments that have been important to me, and um, and, uh, and and I cherish them all. But uh, uh, you know, I, I I look at that first year when all these guys arrived in two thousand nine ten, um, and we had that great run with uh, with Halak and Nets, and and uh, and and just uh, an unbelievable first round victory against Washington and then second round victory against Pittsburgh, who would have thought, and then all of a sudden then you guys ran out of gas, which is too bad, but uh, that was, <laughs> that was a really amazing, uh, amazing feeling, but it wasn't just one game. It was just, it was a, it was two months and it was, uh, it was unbelievable. And I think, uh, you know, off the ice, uh, you know, to, to be able to represent the Canadians when we, when we said goodbye to Jean Bellamo was a big, a very important moment for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was uh, being asked to speak uh, at his funeral was something I like as a kid, you would never you would never uh, think that you would be asked to do something like that. And uh, he's uh, he's one of the most important people that's ever played for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, and to be part of that was was a real honor. So it's 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 I'm pretty proud to represent it. Amazing. Uh, as for games and superstitions, game night rituals, did you guys have any of that? So many. You know what? I was changing my laces before every game. I was taping my stick the same way. Always tight, tight my first skate, my left skate before the right. You know, things like that. Players are a little bit, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say yeah. the word, but but the thing is superstitious. Exactly. Just do what you think you're going to be at your best for the game. That's it. If you know what doing, I, I, I see guys sometimes Chantal, it's like, 
what are you doing? Oh, no, it's, you know, I have to do that. I have to do that. Okay, good. I remember jo Jose Theodore. Jose Theodore, he was bringing his equipment in the shower. <laughs> no before way. the game. Exactly. I'm like, Jose, why are you doing that? Because I don't like stiff equipment. I like when it's wet. I like, okay. And he, he plays so good. So, so many players. I'm sure we're all different, but it's, it's right here. If you're, if you're 100% ready to play, just do what you have to do. <laughs> That's it. Brian? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any real superstitions. I, I guess like you, Patrice, it was more like it was a routine, right? You got to the yeah. rink. It, 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 I didn't have to be there at an exact minute or anything. You just got to the rink at, at a normal time. I always like to be there early, have a coffee, and, and do those things, right? Like put laces in, uh, yeah. tape your stick, uh, make sure all that kind of stuff was set. Uh, but it wasn't superstitious in the sense that if I didn't do it at a certain time or if I didn't do it, uh, I wasn't going to play good. It was just kind of routine. You build your own routine uh, throughout your career and what, what you feel comfortable doing. And, and it's, uh, I didn't have to talk to Galley at, at 12 minutes before the game. It was, hey, it was just those things, right? You, yeah. When you go out to the rink, you have your, your buddies or your teammates that you – you follow and that, that follow you. So that's more routine than it is superstitious for me. Like it, it didn't bother me uh, one way or the other if that got disrupted, but I think we're just all creatures of, of just habit and routine. And, and I think that's what uh, allows you to go out there and kind of be at your best is those things are taken care of. And now you're just going to play and do your thing. Jeff, what about you? <laughs> um, as a as a fan, um, I've got my little things that I do too, and I'll keep them. I'll keep them to myself. Uh, but uh, um, uh, yeah, I do have some some things that uh, uh, that that make me believe that the players on the ice are going to win the game. But uh, I'm actually not playing the game. But <laughs> you have to tell us this now. <laughs> oh gosh, I got I've got one really weird one. My, my favorite number as a kid was number 22, and whenever I see the number 22, I wink at it. And, um, and that's just one of those things that, uh, that I've done for like literally for 30 years now. And so it's, it's every time I see it, whether I'm driving on the highway and there's exit 22, I'll wink at it or if I, and so that to me, that means that the Montreal Canadians are going to win. So, uh, that's one and of those 20, things. And Jeff 22 for Steve shot, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Steve Shutt. But there's, okay. you know, lots of other ones. I think, uh, uh, everyone has their, their, you know, their way of, uh, handling the stress. because it's it, at the end of the day, it's it, you're trying to get yourself ready for a game and me, I'm not trying to get myself ready to play a game. I'm trying to get myself ready to be a fan of the game. And I, I, I have my things. Yeah. How, what were your ways of coping everybody of like with the stress or with, you know, Montreal's an amazing place to play, but it also comes with, you know, being a bit under the microscope. So what, what did you do to, to handle the stress Were you yoga guys? Did you meditate? I mean, no, I mean, I, it was, you don't read the newspaper. You don't watch the TVs after a loss. I'll tell you that much. It's, uh, it was a good thing. Uh, I mean, I was better reading French than I was speaking French. But uh, you, you, in Montreal, you have to learn to uh, take those highs and lows and just kind of equal things out. Because you win a game, you're not going to be a Stanley Cup champion like the paper says the next day. And if you lose a game, uh, it's it's not a fire everyone, trade everyone type of scenario. It's a it, it really is. You have to manage those highs and lows and understand where it's coming from. It's coming from a passionate fan base. It's coming from that the fans think they're just as much a part of, of the team as you are, as, as the owners, as the equipment guy is. It's, that's, that's the passion. They love the game. They love the team. And they feel like it's the fabric of their 
their it's it's theirs. It's it's their culture. It's their everything, and that's where it comes from. I wouldn't I change I, a thing. Yeah, I think on my side, you control what you can control. Mm. So you know what? Uh, go in the gym. Be ready. Be in the the best shape as possible um, before the game. You know, focus, um, visualization. You know, a lot of stuff like that. So if you're doing that, after that, win or lose, at least you can tell yourself, you know what? I give everything, and it's a sport. You know what? Everybody want to win. Not only the Montreal Canadiens. Everybody want to win in the league. And that's why it's so hard to win the Stanley Cup because you know what? You are the, the seven best players in the in, in the world, and those guys, you know what? They want they want to win the big trophy. So sometimes that's why in Montreal the expectations are so high because you know because of the past. But the players, you know, this year and the year of Brian, and you know what? Oh, they 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 didn't win again. They did, but the guys they try and they try hard. You know what? That's but unfortunately it didn't happen. But the guys are are they give everything. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I think uh, you know the the when you when you have the passion that we have, uh, our, the fan passion that we have, um, you have to expect that uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be hot when you're losing, and they're going to be cold when you're, uh, or sorry, hot when you're winning and cold when you're losing, um, and and. Uh, uh, but that's a good thing. Like for me, the way I trans, I do that. I, I transfer that into not stressing out is I, I like, if we didn't have that, what, what would we have? Right. And the Montreal Canadians yeah. have that. So they get, the fans get all, all angry when things aren't going well, but you know, that's because they, they want us to win. And so it's, uh, it's easier if you think about it that way. Um, and then the other one is, you, you, I don't think anybody should ever take themselves that seriously. Um, I think that uh, the, the other day, it is, it, it's, it's the passion of the, of the Montreal Canadiens fans. It's really important. Um, but we are playing hockey. And uh, um, if you ever want to get a dose of, uh, of reality, you just have to go home um, and, uh, and see your family. And then um, you see um, other important things in your life as well. And it's all about that balance. And um, and that can take a lot of stress away when you uh, when you have your family there to support you. Yeah, perspective is key. And just, you know, it's better to have fans that are so, so passionate than fans that just don't care at all, you know? Yeah. Uh, Brian, the average height in the NHL, six foot one. <laughs> Me and Gallagher are changing that. Come on. <laughs> uh, Caulfield, he's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so maybe the average will go down now. Being a small forward at 5'7", uh, still able to have an amazing career. You're an inspiration to many kids uh, who, even though they're not the biggest kid, they could maybe still make it. What was your mindset when you were trying to make it? I never thought I was 5'7", I guess. I just went out there and played the game. I, it's you, You're the size you are, and me and Gally have talked about it, right? Like you just, that's who you are. This is what I am. This is who I am. And I'm going to go and compete for the puck just like, uh, Char or Hal Gill. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're giving away to them. It's about that internal compete with the guy that's next to you. And so we don't see ourselves as being undersized. We don't see ourselves as, as at a disadvantage. It's just something we've always done. I think, you know, at times we've had to prove that we could sustain and we could, uh, you know, make it in the league that's, you know, extremely hard to make it in. But besides that, it's just who we are. We go out there and play and you don't think about it. Uh, you know, I, I look at, it's funny, you look at pictures or you look at video and you sit back and you're like, 
man, that's really me. That's what I look like. Like I'm that small, like I'm <laughs> underneath the guy's shoulders and he's only six foot. Like what, what's going on? But it, it, you just don't see yourself like that. So uh, that's just how I've always had it and always dealt with it. And be honest with me. I'm sure a few nights you wish you have a few more inches, huh? Like, you know, I just... <laughs> maybe a few times. Maybe a few times a few in those times. Boston, Boston matchups exactly. when they, the big bad Bruins at the times that they're trying to scare us away. But, yeah. you know, it was... It, it made me the player I am. It made me the person I am, the size I am. So, yeah, uh, at times it would have been nice to be 5'10", maybe six foot, but... I don't know that I would have developed and been the same player uh, if I had that size. It, you'd had to have that uh, to make, make me who I am. So I wouldn't yeah. change a thing. Any defenseman, Brian, when you play against that guy, oh, we're playing against that team and that defenseman is there like, oh, I hate that guy, you know, like, oh. It, it really, it, it was Chara. It was, Chara. it was, yeah. I mean, I, it started in New Jersey, the matchups uh, that he was always out there against us and, our line and then it carried over into Montreal and the heated rivalry there. Uh, and funny story, I, I signed with the Bruins my last year and he's the first guy to come up and give me a big hug. So I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to hate you still. I want to still hate you, but I can't now. So it's, uh, you have those guys that you just, you, you go against night in and night out and you appreciate their, their, uh, their game, but you, it does, it frustrates you and you want to beat them every night. So funny. Patrice, who, who did you love to hate to play against? A team? A, te uh, a team? A team? A player? A player? Uh, my last few years, uh, Luchik. Luchik. Uh, Overage kid. Over, you know, for a uh, defenseman, the guy, they always finish their checks. You know, that they, you know, you know if they, they dump the puck and on your side, they want to punish you. You know, those kind of guys. So Luce was always, you know, Ovechkin at the, uh, when he's, he's starting uh, his career. I was like, every time he was finished, every hit. And you know what? Those guys, they, they 230, 240 with the speed. Every time they hit you, it hurts. And I remember uh, Shara one time in, our, um, in Ottawa. He, uh, Shara had the puck. And he, he's coming, he's coming. He said, I had the chance to really like, bang. And I hit, I hit him. And he saw me and he just like, ooh, and I feel like I hit, I hit a rock. It was, it's so strong. I'm like, do we imagine all the, the, the forwards <laughs> every time in their corner? Like, you know, the battle, one-on-one -on -one battle. Like, you have to be really strong to play against Shara. That's for sure. Jeff, who are your favorite players growing up? Well, as a, as a, as a young kid, um, uh, it was Steve Shutt who was my favorite player. And so he was, he was a left winger on the Canadians and uh, he, uh, he scored a lot of goals. Um, but then actually as a player, uh, I, I became a defenseman. And so as I, as I matured and, and grew up, uh, I, I developed a liking for Chris Chelios. Uh, I just thought that he, uh, he, uh, well, he was a great, he was a good leader. He was an outstanding defenseman, but he also had a little bit of a mean streak in him. And, and I, I liked that in, uh, in a defenseman and, and uh, it's fun to watch uh, him uh, not only perform offensively, but uh, do what you're talking about. Breezer is, is, is make people angry uh, because of the way you play. So, yeah. Brian. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he knocked out my teeth a couple of times, Shelly did. Was, <laughs> he had no problem coming up high with the cross check right in your mouth and uh, in front of the net, on the side of the net, in the corner. It didn't matter. It was – but you do. I, I love Shelly. Uh, he coached me at the Olympics, and uh, he's a great guy, but, you know, true competitor. I mean, to play till he did and 
and uh, do what he did. Uh, I ate a few of his old sticks there in the face. <laughs> Patrice, who are your face? Because that floor for me was like, you know, when I was a young kid, I scored a goal. I was like, I was Gila Fleur. I was, you know, the, the way Guy was skating, you know, the style and the way she was shooting pucks, it was like, wow. My first game, I was 12 years old. My first game when I went to the forum with my brother, big brother, Gila Fleur scored two goals, first star against Buffalo. They won 5-2. So I was, I was so, so happy. And one of my first, uh, my second camp with Montreal, I, I play a few exhibition games and uh, we play against uh, Quebec Nordique and I play against, uh, uh, against Guy. And in the second period, Puck's there. I saw a guy, hit the guy. I turned around, that was Guy. I said, oh no, I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> hit Guy Lafleur. <laughs> I just hit Guy Lafleur, so. Did you apologize? That was, that, was, that was Guy for me. Uh, almost <laughs> yeah. inside, you know, in my, in my mind, I said, oh, no, I just said, yeah. yeah, I try, I try to make my place, you know, no <laughs> friends on the ice, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you represented your country a number of times, uh, two world juniors, three world champions, a pair of Olympic games. What was the honor like? And, you know, to, to be there and was there one moment in particular that sticks out? Uh, I don't know if one moment sticks out. I think anytime you can put on your, your country's Jersey, uh, you know, for us, it was, it's a huge honor. I mean, to represent your country, represent your people uh, it's, there's no better feeling because I think the Olympics world championships, world juniors are, were great. The Olympics, I think everyone identifies with, uh, everyone sits around the fire and watches the winter Olympics. Everyone watches the summer, summer Olympic games. And so, uh, I think everyone can identify with that. And I think what we touched on earlier, uh, when I was younger, I made, there was a big gap between my two Olympic appearances. So, uh, I made it as a young kid, you know, five, six years in the league. Uh, then I went a big gap, uh, and then finished it off my last year where I was able to be a captain and, and the older guy on the team. And I was able to enjoy my second Olympics being older with my family and, and go through it again, all the little moments around it, uh, the opening ceremonies and stuff like that. And just being a part of the, the atmosphere of it. And I think uh, I was able to absorb it way more the second time around. Jeff, how do you want to be remembered in 50 years when we're all old and gray? I mean, I won't be gray cause I'll still be dying my hair. But when we look back, uh, what do you want your legacy to be? I've never really thought about that, um, but uh, I'm a pretty simple guy. And uh, if uh, if people remember me for being somebody who cared about them, uh, who uh, does everything they can to to support them on on the in the organization, uh, someone who gives back to the community, uh, I think uh, just simple things like that would be uh, would be good for me because uh, that's sort of I'm a pretty basic guy and and I, I care about the basic things in life. And last question for me, Scotiabank's the main sponsor of the Alumni Lounge. Let's talk money before we wrap up. When you signed your first big contract, Brian, what was your first major purchase? Uh, a new boat. I love boating. I love being on the water. I love uh, being on the lake. So it was a, a new boat. It was New Jersey, signed a big contract there. And uh, I wasn't going to buy a car because Lou wouldn't let you drive a new car into the arena without uh, giving you crap for it. So I bought a boat. And Patrice? I was a car. I love cars. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I, can't, I can't pay for New Jersey. 
<laughs> well, I didn't. I bought uh, myself a Jeep. Yeah. I didn't Go buy ahead, anything because I was. I didn't buy anything because I was paying these guys all the money. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jeff. This program is brought to you by Scotia Advice Plus. A simple conversation today can help you reach your goals tomorrow. Only from Scotia Bank.